Hello, amazing parents, and welcome to Parenting with Psychology. I'm Dr. Lindsay Emerson. I'm a clinical psychologist, parenting coach, and mother of four, and I'm here to teach you actionable psychology-based parenting tools from my 5Cs Parenting Framework to help you master any parenting situation. Thanks for joining me today. At Parenting with Psychology, we believe amazing parenting means becoming intentional in your parenting and proactive in learning skills to help you parent more effectively in a way that best fits your unique parent-child dynamic. Before we dive into today's tips, let's take a moment to add a positive spin to our parenting and think about a time when you utilized your parenting toolbox to have a win with your family this week. I'll share one of mine with you. My eight-year-old was bored the other day. His brother had gone to a sleepover and he was feeling lonely. He asked me what he should do. I listed a number of suggestions, but he didn't like any of them. Then he got an idea and ran off. He returned a few minutes later, having gotten out our beads, and he had made me a necklace. So sweet. Then he asked again what he should do. I was busy working at the computer and suggested that he make me breakfast. So he ran off and made me a fried egg with sliced avocado. On his way to the kitchen, he asked, should I make it just like how I made it last night? A bit salty? (laughs) He had made himself an egg and sliced apple for dinner the night before because that's our family protocol. If you don't like what I'm cooking for dinner, that's fine, but you need to prep your own meal. This interaction was amazing. Now, not every instance of, I'm bored, what should I do, goes this well. But if you keep your tone light and supportive and show your child the attention that they're looking for by listing off suggestions, you might even get a bonus breakfast out of the deal. I usually post an amazing parenting moment on social media on Wednesdays and would love to hear from you in the comments about your parenting wins. Okay, now let's move on to today's parenting tips. This episode is about taking a look at how you and your partner divvy up your household chore duties and the impact that can have on both your marital relationship and your overall family dynamic. So typically I focus on parent-child dynamic in these episodes, but there's no denying that the parent-parent dynamic is essential to a harmonious family environment and the resulting parent-child dynamics. As we embark upon the new year, it's an opportune time for couples to reflect on their family dynamics and make positive changes. One area that often warrants attention is the distribution of household chores. And there are some particularly interesting psychology research findings that apply to the topic of spousal chore distribution. In this episode, we're going to explore the importance of addressing chore distribution between spouses, the benefit of holding a family meeting to discuss this topic, and the significance of involving children in the conversation. By utilizing effective communication strategies and considering relevant psychology findings, we can set our families up for success in the new year. Of note, this topic is relevant to both stay-at-home and working moms and dads. It can enhance family relationships and promote a healthier work-life balance, whether you're talking about balancing work you do caring for your children or the work that you do outside of the home. We're going to break this topic down into three sections today. First, distribution of chores between spouses. Second, using family meetings to improve the situation. And third, the positive effects you can expect to see. Now stay tuned to the end where I'll tell you more about a free resource to guide you through the process of holding a successful family meeting. You can grab your copy at parentingwithpsychology.com slash meeting. Okay, so first up, let's move on to the distribution of household chores between husbands and wives. Let's touch briefly on a review of psychology research before we dive into actionable tips to resolve potentially damaging issues in your family related to your perception of chores equity between you and your partner. 
Most of the research has been done on male-female married couples, so I'll refer to spouses herein, though the tips I recommend below are not limited to this population and can be adapted to same-sex and non-married couples. There's a whole women's liberation element to this discussion, with studies showing that women perform a far greater proportion of household tasks compared to their husbands, often approaching a two-to-one ratio. These findings are consistent across a wide range of cultural contexts, That goes for households where the wife earns more money than her husband, and even in households where the husband is not employed. Now that's a much larger discussion. Today, I want to focus on spouses' perceptions of the division of household labor and an interesting psychological phenomenon on this topic. If you ask a couple what percentage of the household chores they each do, you will receive answers like 50% and 65% from one couple or 70% and 60% from another couple. What's strange about these numbers? They add up to more than 100% per couple. Studies have shown that both husbands and wives over-report their contributions to household work while underestimating their partner's contribution. Those results are from a study by Press and Townsley in 1998. But if you take the 2 to 1 ratio mentioned above into consideration, it's clear that men are even more prone to overestimating. (laughs) Even though men are doing more household chores than ever these days, their perceptions of how much they're helping out around the house still tend to be way off. Now, why does this matter? These perceptions of inequality in household chores can have a significant impact on relationship satisfaction and stability. Notably, mismatch in couples' housework reports is related to the risk of divorce. In relationships where the husband reports equal sharing of household chores, yet the wife reports doing more, we see the lowest relationship quality and the highest rates of separation. That's a study by Ruppiner et al. in 2017. In contrast, the same study showed us that the best relationship satisfaction comes from relationships where men credit their wives by acknowledging their extra contribution to the housework. This means that though husbands taking on more chores can be helpful, simply acknowledging their wives more for taking on the extra chores can also be very beneficial to the relationship. Of course, there are a number of other factors contributing to divorce, but this is one that is remarkable and relatively easy to remedy. An important thing to note when talking about chores distribution amongst couples is that a 50-50 split is not always the ideal goal. It's the perception of fairness that is a strong predictor of relationship quality, not perceived equity. That data comes from Gillespie et al. in 2019. For example, let's say that I do the laundry, the cleaning, and the grocery shopping, while my husband takes out the trash and unclogs any stopped-up drains. That's not an equal distribution of tasks, but if I really don't like taking out the trash and managing plumbing issues, then that may seem like a fair arrangement to me. Take a moment to think about the chores distribution in your relationship. I encourage you to pause listening, get out a piece of paper, and write down a list of the chores that you do and a list of the chores that your spouse does. Then go back through the list and star those that seem like the most taxing chores the ones that you really dislike doing? Lastly, take a moment to think about your schedule and your partner's schedule at this point in time and consider how much time each of you has to allocate to household chores during the week. 
So go ahead and pause here, answer those questions, and then pop back on and I'll have a follow-up activity for you. Now, ask yourself the following questions. First, does the distribution of chores look equal, meaning about 50-50% per spouse? If not, does it look fair, taking into consideration which chores are starred, meaning one spouse may have fewer chores, but more of them are those really unpleasant chores? Next, does it look fair taking into consideration your schedule and your partner's schedule and what are feasible contributions for you both to make? Next, if the chore distribution doesn't look fair, is that a temporary situation? For example, while your partner's juggling a really busy period at work. And lastly, if it doesn't look fair and is not temporary, are you okay with that? This brings us to our next section, the power of holding a family meeting. Having completed the exercise above, you should now have a better idea of whether the chores distribution is fair in your household and whether you're comfortable with the current setup. It may be that you do far more of the household chores and you're okay with that because you know your partner is working hard and doesn't have time in their schedule to contribute more. Or it may be that you feel overburdened and you could use some more support, maybe even just offloading one chore from your weekly to-do list. One effective way to address the distribution of household chores is by holding a family meeting. This meeting provides an opportunity for all members to come together, discuss their roles and responsibilities, and make any necessary changes. During the family meeting, it's important to create a safe and open space for discussion. Each person should feel like their voice is heard and respected. Set a clear and focused agenda on the topic of chore distribution. By establishing ground rules such as active listening and respectful communication, you can foster an environment that encourages open dialogue and problem solving. Now, when discussing chore distribution, it is essential to involve the children in the conversation. During the family meeting, give children the chance to express their preferences and interests. Assign age-appropriate tasks that align with their abilities and encourage them to take ownership of their responsibilities. This not only teaches them valuable life skills, but also empowers them to take responsibility for their contribution to the family unit. By including them in the decision-making process, they feel heard and valued, fostering a sense of ownership and commitment to their assigned tasks. To help families host a positive and productive family meeting, I created a free downloadable resource called How to Hold a Successful Family Meeting. This comprehensive guide provides ground rules, scheduling tips, and communication strategies to ensure a successful discussion. Be sure to download your free copy today at parentingwithpsychology.com meeting. Now, let's talk about the positive effects of family chores redistribution. First, strengthening the marital relationship. Addressing chores distribution allows couples to have open and honest conversations about their expectations, needs, and limitations. By working together to create a fair division of labor, couples can reduce feelings of resentment and foster a strong sense of teamwork and support. This collaborative effort strengthens the marital bond and promotes a more successful partnership. Second, promoting work-life balance. For working parents, finding a balance between professional and family responsibilities can be challenging. 
By redistributing chores and involving all family members, parents can alleviate some of the burdens and create more time for quality family interactions. This balance not only benefits the parents, but also provides children with the attention and support they need for healthy development. Third, fostering the parent-child relationship. Involving children in the chores allocation process empowers them to contribute to the family's well-being. It teaches them valuable life skills such as responsibility, accountability, and time management. By assigning age-appropriate tasks and providing positive reinforcement, parents can nurture a sense of pride and accomplishment in their children. This shared responsibility also fosters a deeper connection between parents and children as they work together towards a common goal. Okay, now it's time for the take-home message for this episode. In many households, the distribution of household chores often falls along traditional gender lines. However, it's essential to recognize that the division may not always be equitable or fair and that the perception of inequity plays an important role in relationship satisfaction and staying power. Research has shown that women tend to take on a larger share of household responsibilities, even when they are also working outside the home. This imbalance can lead to feelings of resentment, stress, and strain on the marital relationship. By being aware of interesting psychology findings, such as the misperception in household chores allocation, we can navigate the challenges of complex family relationships more successfully and create a thriving family environment in the year ahead. It is crucial for couples to have open and honest conversations about their expectations, needs, and limitations when it comes to household chores. Remember to involve everyone in the process, including children. By openly discussing and adjusting chores allocation, couples can strengthen their marital relationships, foster a sense of responsibility in their children, and promote a healthy work-life balance. Family meetings focused on effective and fair chore distribution strengthen family relationships. Let this new year be a fresh start for your household, where everyone feels heard, valued, and actively participates in maintaining balanced family life. Schedule your next family meeting to discuss chores allocation this week. Now, holding family meetings to discuss chores allocation is part of the Check Yourself category of my 5 C's Parenting Framework. To learn more about the 5 C's, go to the show notes for today's episode at parentingwithpsychology.com slash blog slash 48 and explore the category search menu on the right of your screen. Okay, amazing parents, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for joining me to fill your parenting toolbox with psychology-based tools to feel more confident and capable in your parenting. If you found this podcast helpful, it would mean the world to me if you would take a moment to rate and review this episode to help it become more visible to other parents. Join me next week to learn how to teach your child not to hit using the five C's. Until then, keep up the good work on your amazing parenting journey. Oh, and be sure to get your next family meeting off on the right foot with some essential quick tips in my free download at parentingwithpsychology.com slash meeting. And if you'd like to see references to any of the research studies mentioned today, check out the full episode transcript linked in the description for this podcast episode. To continue your amazing parenting journey with me, follow Parenting with Psychology and sign up to receive my weekly newsletter at parentingwithpsychology.com tips so you never miss any of my new tips. My weekly tips are also available to read on my website or to watch on YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me more regularly and join the Parenting with Psychology community, follow Parenting with Psychology on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'd love to hear from you about topics you'd like me to cover in a future episode. Finally, a quick legal disclaimer. Please note that the advice provided in this episode is different than therapy and does not serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment or other types of professional advice or intervention. 
If you or your child have concerns or need further parenting or personal support, please contact a physician or other qualified local health professional. See you next week, amazing parents.